Hello, I'm Ivan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Amberlight Public Speaking Podcast. This is episode 15, Books on Rhetoric. One of the difficulties in producing a weekly podcast is that it's a lot of hard work, and it can be hard to know if your efforts are appreciated. So, if you enjoy this episode or you feel you've gained something valuable from any of the previous episodes, please consider letting me know by supporting the podcast. The primary way to do that is to buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app for iPhone and iPad. With this app, you can practice your speeches and ensure they run to time, and you can also use it to time speakers at your Toastmasters or debating club. Head over to amberlightapp.com amberlightapp.com to read more about it and watch some demo videos. The link is in the show notes. If you don't have an iPad or iPhone or you can't spare any cash at the moment, I'll talk about some other ways you can support the podcast at the end of the episode. Now, on with the show. Which of these sounds better? Should I live or die? Or, to be or not to be? That is the question. Which of these sounds better? We won't give up. Or, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. The beauty of language is that we can express the same thought a multitude of ways. The examples I gave say basically the same things, but the later versions are famous, and they are famous for a reason. They sound profound, powerful, and poetic. And the reason is that they use rhetorical devices. Rhetoric was first understood, like many things, by the ancient Greeks. For the ancient Greeks, it was vitally important to be a good orator if you were going to exercise power and influence in society. Oration and persuasion were vital skills in their society, and the Greeks were so skilled that Romans would send their children to Greece to learn from the masters. Aristotle wrote his guide to rhetoric about 350 BC, and it was the first attempt to explain the art of persuasive public speaking. I've not yet read it myself, but I gather that folk who have studied the subject believe it is still worth reading today. In brief, rhetoric is a toolkit of techniques that enable the speaker to be as persuasive as possible. Many of these techniques revolve around the use of language. For example, I said earlier that the quotes I gave sounded profound, powerful, and poetic. I could have said that they sounded meaningful, effective, and articulate, but that doesn't sound half as good. Saying profound, powerful, and poetic uses a rhetorical device called alliteration, where you use the same letter at the start of each word. It may seem like an odd thing to do, but for some reason it sounds great, and it can really leave an impression on audiences. Using these techniques can really lift your speech up. Recently, I was at a speech contest and I heard five speakers each give really good speeches. I was watching with great interest, but to me, it was clear who the winner was going to be. 
While all the speeches were very strong, all but one of them struggled to arrive at a powerful conclusion. This wasn't because the speeches weren't profound. Every one of them had something big and important to say about the human condition. The one speech, the one that won the contest, just managed to say what it needed to more pithily and memorably than all of the others. This was largely because the speaker used rhetorical devices to get his point across. He piled up rhetorical devices one upon the other and brought the speech to a crescendo. It was remarkable to me how all the other entrants in the contest could have changed their fortunes with the application of rhetoric, especially in those conclusions. If you want your speeches to have punch, then you really should investigate this ancient art. To that end, here are three books I've read about rhetoric. Book one. Our first book is The Elements of Eloquence by Mark Forsyth. The book is structured into very short chapters for each rhetorical device, and each chapter is stuffed to the gills with examples. In fact, Forsyth often writes using the rhetorical device he's discussing for long stretches just to ram the point home. This allows the book to find a happy medium between being a reference book as well as a book that can be read cover to cover. I found it to be a hugely entertaining read, with surprisingly some real laugh-out-loud moments sprinkled throughout. Most importantly of all, Forsyth really knows his stuff, and he enthusiastically takes us on a whirlwind voyage of facts and history to make this constantly engaging. For example, his chapter on alliteration starts off by telling us how Shakespeare plagiarised a history textbook for Antony and Cleopatra. Here is the original text from the history textbook. She disdained to set forward otherwise but to take her barge in the river Sidnus. The poop whereof was of gold, the sails of purple and the oars of silver, which kept stroke in rowing after the sound of the music of flutes, howboys, cifferns, viols, and such other instruments as they played up in the barge. And this is Shakespeare basically ripping that off. The barge she sat in like a burnished throne, burned on the water. The poop was beaten gold, purple the sails, and so perfumed that the winds were lovesick with them. The oars were silver, which to the tune of flutes kept stroke and made the water which they beat to follow faster as amorous of their strokes. Isn't that wonderful? To see those two things side by side, but then to understand all the various little bits of rhetoric that Shakespeare used there, namely here, alliteration. Sadly for public speakers, Forsyth is rather more interested in the written word than public speaking, and so he's more likely to talk about poetry than speeches. Some of the devices he discusses are so flowery and old-fashioned they're not going to be much use for your next PowerPoint presentation, but you'll be so entertained you won't care. If nothing else, I love this book because when I read it I just feel smarter. Book 2 The next book is You Talking to Me, Rhetoric from Aristotle to Obama by Sam Leaf. 
The previous book I discussed was primarily focused on the parts of rhetoric that use language. Leaf, on the other hand, is interested in rhetoric as a whole, and he's interested in its application primarily to public speaking. He takes us through rhetoric as a process with stages, and the five stages he chooses to cover are invention, arrangement, style, memory, delivery. Leaf's great power in this book is the use of anecdotes. Every page has a new real-life story that makes the subject come alive and stick in the mind. For me, it was fascinating to read a chapter covering two of the most powerful orators of the 20th century, Adolf Hitler and Winston Churchill. They were opposite sides of the same rhetorical coin, fighting for the heart of Europe one speech at a time. One can't help but be cheered by the knowledge that Churchill had never been a natural public speaker. He suffered terrible nerves before delivering a speech, and he can never speak off the cuff. A friend of his is quoted as saying, Winston has spent the best years of his life writing impromptu speeches. What made Churchill one of Britain's finest orators was his appreciation of speech writing, his careful study of the speeches of others, which then led to his ability to write a well-crafted sentence that could stir the emotions. Throughout the book, it's examples like this that are inspiring as well as educational. While reading it, I just couldn't wait to apply these techniques to my own speeches. Apart from a short list of rhetorical devices at the end of the book, this isn't really a reference book. It's worthwhile picking it up and reading again for inspiration, or just rereading a chapter if you're stuck with a problem, but it won't help much if you want a reference book that's got some more narrow and specific advice. But ultimately, this isn't what the book is for anyway. Its intent is to be a powerful and persuasive argument that we should all rediscover rhetoric. You Talking to Me should be read by everyone who wants to be a public speaker who sets themselves apart from the herd. Book 3 The final book is a hand list of rhetorical terms by Richard A. Langham. I'll say right from the start that this is not a book for everyone. Firstly, it was primarily written for academics, especially those with an interest in classic literature. Secondly, it's very much a reference work and not something you could read from beginning to end. Having said this, I'm really happy I bought a copy. I just love flicking through it when I'm after inspiration on how to elevate a sentence from the everyday. One of the features I really love about it is an index at the back where the rhetorical devices are grouped into categories such as descriptive, emotional appeals, as well as various types of repetition, and so on. There are also sections of the book where the other parts of rhetoric are summarised, which is sometimes very useful to have on hand. So, that's the three books I have on rhetoric. I would strongly recommend The Elements of Eloquence and You Talking to Me to anyone who's a public speaker. Both books are hugely enjoyable. Both of them give you access to a whole level of understanding that you just can't get anywhere else. You won't find this holy grail in any Toastmasters manuals. Dive into rhetoric and discover what made the great speakers great. I hope you found that useful. Links to those books are in the show notes. 
And if you did, then please spend a moment to support this podcast. As mentioned before, you can buy the Amberlight Speech Timer app by going to amberlightapp.com. This podcast is available on iTunes as well as Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all good podcasting applications. And probably even a few rubbish ones as well. I have no idea. If you subscribe on any of those services, then please consider leaving a glowing review. That would really help me out. Additionally, there is a Twitter account, at Amberlight App. Consider following the account and retweeting some of the tweets there, especially about either the app or the podcast. Amberlight is also on LinkedIn, Google+, and Facebook, so some likes on there would be great too. That's all for this episode. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode. All the best. Bye.